the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Now why is the city in the condition it's in? Because of the sin and the rebellion of the people. One of the the greatest heartbreaks of sin is the impact of sin on innocent children. Right? You know, adults, they, they choose to sin, they choose to rebel against God, they choose to just ignore God's word and do their own thing. And it's often the children who suffer the most in that situation. It's the children who, who get the bad deal because of the choices that the adults are making. Sin is so destructive. We have a tendency to downplay its effects. We need to realize that its damage is widespread. Even sins of thought that we think we've kept internal have an infectious nature that creeps into our attitudes and the way we treat the people we interact with. Sin is never truly an isolated incident. As Pastor Dan will point out in today's message, it's often the most innocent amongst us who end up as collateral damage when we choose selfishness over God's love. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Lamentations, chapter 2, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now they have these rabbis who become teachers. That happens in Babylon. Uh, you also have the rise of the Pharisees in Babylon. And the Pharisees, they actually started out as a good thing. They were people that were zealous for the Scripture, zealous for keeping the commandments of God, zealous to be careful with the Word of God. They weren't going to let what happened before happen again. And so they were committed to the Scripture, but over time, uh, their uh, interpretations of the Scripture became more important than the Scriptures themselves. And their their, uh, man-made rules or man-made interpretations were elevated to a higher level than the Word of God. Jesus talked about the, the leaven of the Pharisees. Leaven is something that starts out small and it grows. Pharisees initially, they, they, they started out on the right track, right intentions. We're just going to be zealous to keep the Word of God. But then over time, well, over time, their own interpretations of the law became more important than the law itself. So you've got synagogues, you've got rabbis, you've got Pharisees. All of that begins in Babylon. And again, if those things play a very central role in the Gospels uh, in the New Testament. So, verse 8 now. Moving right along. Again, we see the Lord. The Lord has purposed to destroy. This is the Lord's doing. 
the wall of the daughter of Zion. He has stretched, notice, he has stretched out a line. He has not withdrawn his hand from destroying. He withdrew his hand from protecting. But he has not withdrawn his hand from destroying. Therefore, he has caused the rampart and wall to lament. They languished together. They sag together, literally. Here in in, in verse 8, he says, he has stretched out a line against Jerusalem. Now, normally a, a line was used in constructing something. You would use a line, like a plumb line. You would use a line to make sure you, you get a straight wall and get it exactly the way you wanted it. You would get a, a corner exactly square. But here, now, God is using a line to destroy Jerusalem. In other words, Jerusalem was destroyed precisely as God wanted. It's exactly how He wanted things to happen in Jerusalem. Verse 9 goes on, Her gates have sunk into the ground. He has destroyed and broken her bars. Her king and her princes are among the nations, the Gentiles, they've been carried away to Babylon. The law is no more. Just think about what that says. The law of God is no more. And her prophets find no vision from the Lord. It says her gates are sunk into the ground. And what this probably means, if you remember the Babylonians, they tore the gates down of the city. They burned the gates. And what this probably means is once the gates were torn down over time, they've just been covered up by the earth. They've just, you know, the earth has just overgrown and now uh, they're buried. If you, go to, if you go to Israel today, one of the things you're going to see all over the country are these things called tells. And tells are uh, hills that you see, and they're obviously not natural hills. They don't look natural. But what they are is there was a city that was once there that was destroyed, and then just over time, you know, soil and grass and everything has grown up over top of it. So now you have this buried city under a mound of, of dirt. And that's kind of the idea here uh, with, these, with these gates. Even when you go to Jerusalem today and you walk the streets of the old city of Jerusalem, the streets that Jesus walked are 20 to 50 feet below the, the, the current streets of Jerusalem. And there's a few places in Jerusalem where you can go underground and you can go down to the street level of what was the street level in Jesus' day, but it's all buried underground now, 20, 50 feet uh, under the earth. Uh, and that's, that's kind of what he's describing here. Uh, there was a guy, I thought about bringing a picture, but it was kind of a creepy picture. Back in 1969, there was an American college student uh, named James Fleming. Uh, and he's a, he's a Bible guy today. Uh, he was a college student in Jerusalem, and he was just outside the eastern gate. The eastern gate's the gate that's bricked shut that faces the Mount of Olives. And he was out there, and there's a, there's a Muslim cemetery right in front of the eastern gate, and he was out there at the eastern gate taking photographs by himself. And as he's walking along, along all, of, all of a sudden the ground collapsed underneath him, and he fell into a dark pit uh, about like 8 to 10 feet down in a hole. Uh, and it's pitch black in there. And he was smart enough, at least, to 
snap a bunch of photographs before he climbed out of the hole. And when he got home and he developed the film, uh, there were a whole bunch of bones in there, like hundreds of bones. It was a crypt. It was a mass grave where they had buried a bunch of bodies. And so he fell. It's like something out of Indiana Jones, right? Where he, he fell into this tomb with all these bodies. But in the pictures, you can see these archways of what was the gate to the city in the days of Jesus Christ that are now buried under the ground and under the, the gate that's above ground. He's the only guy who's, who's been able to get photos of the gates that date back to the time of Jesus. They're all underground. And just like it talks about here, the gates will sink down into the ground. He is broken and destroyed. Her bars, her king and her princes are among the nations. The law is no more. Her prophets find no vision from the Lord. God's not speaking to them. They don't have the law anymore. They don't have the temple anymore. They don't have prophets. Prophets speak to the people on behalf of God. They don't have priests. They don't have the sacrificial system. It's all gone. Look at verse 10. The elders of the daughter of Zion, the elders of Jerusalem, sit on the ground and keep silence. They throw dust on their heads and gird themselves with sackcloth. The virgins of Jerusalem bow their heads to the ground. Now, normally the elders sat in the gates of the city. And they would sit in the gates of the city so that if you had uh, some kind of legal issue, you could go, you knew you could go to the gate of the city, the elders of the city would be there, and you could talk to one of the elders about your issue, and they would, they would elder you, right? They'd give you advice, kind of thing. There's no gates to the city. So the elders are sitting on the ground now in the city, and they're mourning and lamenting, covered in dust and sackcloth. Verse 11, my eyes, this is, this is Jeremiah speaking, my eyes fail with tears. My heart is troubled. My bile is poured on the ground because, here's why, of the destruction of the daughter of my people. Because, here's why, the children and the infants faint in the streets of the city. This is in the aftermath of the destruction of Jerusalem. And we see the heart of Jeremiah here. He, he was emotional as he's walking around the city of Jerusalem and, and, and what he sees, the conditions of Jerusalem and the suffering of the people. His eyes are, are filled with tears. He's weeping as he's walking around the city. His heart is troubled. Remember, Jesus was compared to Jeremiah the prophet. And Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem. And here Jeremiah wept over the city of Jerusalem as he walks around. He says, my bile is poured out on, on the ground. In ancient times, uh, the stomach was considered the seat of your emotions. Uh, and we still kind of talk that way, don't we? You know, uh, if, we're, uh, if we're anxious about something, oh, I, I, I feel it in the pit of my stomach, right? If we're nervous, I've got butterflies in my stomach. We still talk that way. Well, that's what they thought, that your emotions were, were in your stomach. And so when he says, man, my, my bile is poured out on, on the ground. He's, you know, I'm, I'm just sick at what I see. 
And he's just overcome with emotion here. In particular, look what he says in verse 11. Because the children and the infants faint in the streets of the city. As he's walking around the city of Jerusalem that's in, just been destroyed and burned down, he sees the children that are suffering, that are, that are just faint in the streets, just lying in the streets of the city. They say to their mothers, where is grain and wine? And the, as they swoon like the wounded in the streets of the city, look what it says, as their life is poured out in their mother's bosom. He's seeing children dying in their mother's arms as he's walking around the city. And he's, he's brokenhearted by what he sees. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now why is the city in the condition it's in? Because of the sin and the rebellion of the people. One of the, one of the greatest heartbreaks of sin is the impact of sin on innocent children. Right? You know, adults, they, they choose to sin, they choose to rebel against God, they choose to just ignore God's word and do their own thing. And it's often the children who suffer the most in that situation. It's the children who, who get the bad deal because of the choices that the adults are making in that situation. It's heartbreaking. Here are these innocent children, they don't know what's going on, they didn't do anything. It's the adults that brought this on. But it's the children who are suffering and dying. Now look at verse 13. Look at what Jeremiah says. How shall I console you? To what shall I liken you, O daughter of Jerusalem? What shall I compare with you that I may comfort you, O virgin daughter of Zion? For your ruin is spread wide as the sea. Who can heal you? Jeremiah says here, and I want you to, I want you to get what he's saying. How shall I console you? Jeremiah warned them for over 40 years and they wouldn't listen to him. He, he told them that, that this is what will happen if they don't turn back to God. And now they are suffering exactly what Jeremiah said would happen. And so now Jeremiah says, you know, what can I say now? How, 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 how do you want me to console you? I mean, I told you you were headed for disaster and you didn't listen to me. Now everything's a disaster. What do you want me to say now? <laughs> I mean, do you want me to act surprised? That all this happened to you? I've been telling you for 40 years this was going to happen to you. Do you want me to act shocked? That everything's a disaster? I've been telling you for 40 years everything was going to end up a disaster. What, what do you want me to say? I, I, I don't know what to say. Your prophets have seen for you false and deceptive visions. They have not uncovered your iniquity to bring back your captives. But have envisioned... For you, false prophecies and delusions. He, he says in verse 14, you listened to the false prophets who lied to you. They didn't say anything to you about your sin. 
They told you nothing bad will happen to you. They told you what you wanted to hear and you believed them. And now all of this destruction has come into your life. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say to you? <laughs> all who pass by clap their hands at you. They hiss and shake their heads at the daughter of Jerusalem. Is this the city that is called the perfection of beauty, the joy of the whole earth? It's what they used to call Jerusalem. The perfection of beauty and the joy of the whole earth. All your enemies have opened their mouth against you. They hiss and gnash their teeth. They say, we have swallowed her up. Surely this is the day we've waited for. We have found it. We have seen it. All of the enemies of, of the people of Judah, they're happy. They're happy about the destruction. You know, there, there are people that uh, hate Christians so much that they are happy when a prominent Christian falls. They rejoice to see that. When some Christian is exposed for some sin and is brought down because of their sin, they celebrate that. For people that celebrated the destruction of Jerusalem. There are people in the world today that would celebrate the destruction of Jerusalem. There's nations in the world today that would celebrate the destruction of Jerusalem. Look at verse 17. The Lord has done what He purposed. He has fulfilled his word. Right? This is the Lord's doing. This is what He purposed. He has, done, he has fulfilled His word which He commanded in days of old. Forty years ago He told you this would happen. He has thrown down and has not pitied. And He has caused an enemy to rejoice over you. He has exalted the horn of your adversaries. Remember He took the horn of Judah away. He's exalted the horn of her adversaries, their heart cried out to the Lord, O wall of the daughter of Zion, let tears run down like a river day and night. Give yourself no relief. Give your eyes no rest. Arise, cry out in the night. At the beginning of the watches, pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. Lift your hands toward Him for the life of your young children who faint from hunger at the head of every street. You see what Jeremiah does here? He calls the people that are left in the city to pour out their hearts before the Lord, to humble themselves and to repent and call upon the name of the Lord. And he says, and lift up your hands, lift up your, your hands, pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. Lift your hands toward Him for the life of your young children because of what's happening to your families. Lifting your hands is a, Posture of surrender. Surrender to God for the sake of your kids. To save your family, surrender to God. You know, sometimes you, you, you talk to people that are in, involved in sin, and sometimes the only thing that gets them to repent is their family. It's telling them, do this for your kids. This is going to mess up your kids forever if you go down this path. For no other reason, do it for the sake of your kids. And that's kind of what Jeremiah is saying here. Repent. Turn back to God. Pour out your heart before Him. Surrender to Him for the life of your young children. 
Don't you see what's happening to your families? Don't you see what's happening to your children? Do it, do it for them. It's never too late to repent. It's never too late to surrender to God. Even if you've made a train wreck of your life, you can pour out your heart to God. You can call on the name of Jesus Christ and He will forgive you of your sins and He'll begin to the work of putting your life back together and patching it up and, and, and fixing it. You may not get everything back. Things may be too far gone to restore them completely. As Billy Graham used to say, you can't unscramble eggs. Right? And sometimes you can't. Sometimes things are just so messed up you, you can't really fix them the way that they were before. But, but God can redeem what's left. And God can pick up the pieces that are there and He can start over and put things back together for you. And that, that's what Jeremiah is saying to the people of Jerusalem. He's still calling them to repent. Even, even after all of the destruction. Hey man, aren't you, aren't you glad that door's never closed? Right? That it doesn't matter how far down the wrong road we go and how badly we screw things up in our life and how badly we harm the people we love. We can always repent. We can always lift our hands and say, I surrender. Jesus, save me. And He will. And He's gracious and He's kind, and He's good. And He began to put our life back together. Give us beauty for the ashes that we've created by burning everything down. Verse 20, See, O Lord, and consider to whom you have done this. He's done this to His own people. Look what He says, Should the, woman, should the women eat their offspring? The children they have cuddled. We, we know from Jeremiah chapter 19, verse 9, uh, that things became so desperate in Jerusalem that uh, people turned to cannibalism. Women ate their own children. Should the priest and the prophet be slain in the sanctuary of the Lord, young and old, lie on the ground in the streets? The, the, uh, the Babylonians, they didn't discriminate when they came into the city. They killed everybody. Young and old lie on the ground in the streets. My virgins and my young men have fallen by the sword. You have slain them in the day of your anger. You have slaughtered and not pity. So there's bodies left in the streets of Jerusalem. Just where they fell, where they died. There's, there's no one to remove the bodies. No one to bury the bodies. The corpses are just there rotting in the streets. You have invited us. You have invited us to a feast day, the terrors that surround me and the day of the Lord's anger. There was no refuge, a refugee or survivor. Those whom I have borne and brought up, my enemies have destroyed. Again, the lesson of Lamentations as we close is sin is not worth it. Consequences of sin are just too great. The consequences that sin brings into our own lives and into the lives of those that we love, especially when there's children involved, it's just not worth it. The passing pleasure of sin is not worth it. 
been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan. Thanks for joining us as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the Book of Lamentations. During the time Lamentations was written, Jerusalem was being destroyed. But in the midst of Jerusalem's destruction, there was still the hope of God. When life around you seems to be falling apart, do you place your hope in the Lord? If you'd like to hear more teachings like this one from Pastor Dan, visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcast provides you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth on iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. When you call, feel free to share any prayer requests, and we'd be happy to pray with and for you. We truly hope today's message has been a blessing to you. That's all for now. Tune in next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse through the Book of Lamentations, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize.